This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome back to another Wolves Fancast preview episode. It's Little Dan here hosting tonight and with me I've got, after a little winter break, catching some vitamin D, I've got Kim Smith. How are we going, Kim? Not too bad. Back and ready. Ready to go refreshed. Haven't thought of Wolves for the whole international break, but now I'm ready. I'm back on it. Ready for Saturday. Three o'clock. Come on, you. Yes, come on. Great to have club football back. I've made the, com- the the conversation point before. I think football as a as a governing body should just draw the line in the sand now and tell footballers you're either an international player from now on or you're a club footballer. Give the, the, the viewing public more football, international games on a weekend, but I just want club football every weekend. Just, well, just... it is now, until March anyway. Yeah, no, but I'm just I'm March, just absolutely March. bored of watching international football because as far as I'm concerned, just Wolves, just, sorry, England, just, I, I can't enjoy watching football anymore. Uh, wait from till international... November, Dan, wait till November, World Cup, you'll be loving it. You'll be back on the train, so you've got to support the team even if we are playing part te- part-timers. Yeah, I just... England have let us down so many times now. I just, I, I find it. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I can take the heartbreak again. I do agree with you there, but I find it a struggle to watch England. Let me just get back to Wolves a second. Five years ago tomorrow, Paul Lambert took charge of his first game for Wolves in a nil-nil draw against Preston at Deepdale. After the game, Wolves were two points above the relegation zone. Connor Cody was in centre midfield that day. That's literally just five years ago tomorrow. If you have a look at the team there, Andy Lonergan in goal, uh, Bright Enabakari, Bod Varson up front. That was literally five years ago. How how things can change so quickly in football. Um, It is literally ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, you look at some of the, the names on the bench there, John Flatt, uh, Zhao Tashiri, you've got Romain Saiz and Connor Cody, two players in that squad five years ago that have got their eyes on World Cup 22 um, next year. It's just five years ago, that is. How ridiculous is that? I mean, I don't want to sound like a typical fan, but look how far we've come, Dan. Look how far we've come. We've, you know, you know me and you, Kim, we, we try not to be fickle, we try not to get over emotional like the majority of the fan base do, but that's li- literally five years ago. And yeah. um, I just want to congratulate uh, Connor Cody and the England squad uh, sealing their uh, place at the Qatar 22 World Cup after that 10 0 win against San Marino the other day. I mean, 10 0 at any in any form of football is decent, but what's your sort of um, feelings on? comments about restructuring um, World Cup qualification because of teams like San Marino and Gibraltar and the like? I mean, they are like the, this game was a complete waste of time, wasn't it? I mean, I didn't watch it because I was actually flying home at the time. And I, I literally turned my phone on and was like, 10 nil. My first reaction was Codes must have scored, but he obviously didn't. Although he did take the captain's arm man, didn't he? So that was good. But then in terms of yeah, the quality, I think they need to restructure it just to make the games a bit more competitive. Um, 
you know, aren't they like the lowest ranked team in the world, San Marino? The literally yeah. worst team in the world. Yeah, I don't think they've won a game in something like 10 years. It's just yeah. getting to the point there where, apart from teams, I mean, they had like sort of wooden sponsorship around the pitch. That's just... They've, they've got no. They've got. No, they haven't got enough money invested in in their level of football, and it's just it, the the putting these like footballers to the sword against elite level players. It's unfair on them. It's a waste of time for the actual team, mm. and they need to do something. But it's, it's unfair to actually take away international football from them, isn't it? We've actually got um, a special guest on tonight. I've kept him waiting in the sidelines. I've had him and Tony Daly doing some stretches before he comes on, but we've got. Um, Former Wolves winger, legend Matt Jarvis with us tonight. How are you doing, Jarvo? Well, he was there a minute ago. I think he's doing some more stretches. Yep, this is going to be another one of those Barry Douglas episodes where I'm going. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt? Here he is. How are we doing? Sorry, I don't know what's happened just there. See, we've had a, had a bit Hi, of Matt. a glitch, but it's good to have you with us. Um, <laughs> how are things with you? Uh, enjoying retirement? <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm well thank you um enjoying retirement um yes yes um obviously you know love love to be able to keep playing and uh you know i love the training i love the competing i love obviously the playing um but the time was right and uh yeah it was a good decision so i'm i am enjoying you know being at home being able to you know i've got two kids now so the the time was the time was perfect, so I'm I'm enjoying seeing the other side of it, which is uh, which is uh, interesting. It's uh, it's good. It's nice to actually see the other side of it as well. So it's uh, it's something to to uh, to learn and to uh, enjoy. What are you missing? Are you, obviously, you're not. Are you missing the regimented side of the the game in regards to being at training at a certain time, or is it more the the camaraderie with a squad? I mean, you massively miss the, you know, the the banter, the the training, the the being around everyone. But I have to say, you know, I've been drilled for twenty years. That regimented, that routine, that you know, just you know, waking up in the morning. Luckily, I suppose at the minute, you know, I'm I'm up I'm with the kids. I'm doing school. I'm, I've got things that keep me sort of occupied. But it's it is a big big culture shock when you you know you you wake up you you go to training then you 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 know you go through the whole routine you 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 it's just all done everything's you know what's going to happen whereas now it's it's all up in the air but it's quite exciting what did you make to mine and kim's comments in regards to uh san marino and the world cup qualification restructuring that seems to be a clamor for at the moment yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I I do agree. I did watch the game. I did because, you know, it's I, I still enjoy watching England play. Um, it is just, you know, when you look at it, ten nil. You know, you, you shouldn't win any international game ten nil. Um, but like like you you mentioned, you can't really can you take that away from them? But actually being able to play for their their country and in these competitions, but maybe. You know, there's got to be a plan for how they qualify to to get through to them playing these sort of games. So, I do think there needs to be some restructure, especially with everything that's been talked about with potentially being World Cups every two years. And you know, there's just there's not going to be enough time to do everything. So, I think that there's definitely got to be some discussion on that. Yeah. How does it? 
sort of sit with you when a player like Conor Cody, a, a club the size of Wolves, plays uh, for England on a regular basis compared to your timer? Um, I think it's fantastic. You know, Connor's what a guy, um, great player. He's you know he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a real leader. Um, it was great to see him get the captain's armband as well because I just think if you look, you know, the, where he's been in that squad and Gareth Southgate and everyone sort of mentioned how what what a sort of a team player, what a morale booster, what a great guy he is to be around the squad. Um, even though he didn't play much in the summer or at all in the summer. He um, he's still so valuable, and it's great to see him there. He he deserves it, and um, yeah, I mean it's he, he's taken the mantle from when I was there, so it's uh, that's always disappointing. <laughs> I'll say it must have been a nice stat to have on your side, being the last Wolves player um, after Steve Ball to, to play for England. Um, You've seen sort of the transformation in Wolves in, in recent years since you left in the club. I mean, I'll, I'll quickly touch on sort of the Portuguese players that we've we've got here in front of us. Uh, Ruben Neves, João Martinho, uh, that they stuttered into the qualifying playoffs after a 0-0 draw against Ireland and a 2-1 defeat at home to Serbia. How would you have enjoyed working against alongside those players at Wolves back in your time? The, the transformation's yeah, I, unreal, isn't it, money-wise? It certainly is, yeah. I mean, you know, it, I absolutely loved my time when I was playing at Wolves. We had such a great squad, such a great morale. Um, it was it was just a really great time to be playing for Wolves. But you look at it's just contrast of what what's happened at Wolves. You know, the, the caliber of player, the the international players that that, that are in the squad. Um, it would have been I would have loved to have played in this squad. Yeah. Um, would have been exciting. Um, I, I feel like I would have uh, fitted in lovely. So <laughs> it would have been lovely, great to have played. I know you did see the one um, comment we had on our Twitter in regards to whether Wolves fans and yourself thought you could actually play in this team in that in that front three. What do, what do you think about that in regards to specifically Bruno Large likes to, from what I gather, likes three front players who work more narrow where are you more a sort of an out-and-out winger weren't you yeah but there's always that you know you always have to adapt and change and work um and improve so i was always willing to do that um just you know if people's formations you know that that sort of inside wide player that 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 became more of a thing recently um i i started to do it a little bit more when at the back end when i was at norwich we started to do that the the inside sort of wide players but it's it's just nice to be you'll be just great to be involved in in an exciting attacking team and and that's what yeah he's trying to achieve i think you would have struck up a great partnership with raul matt i really feel like raul just seems to strike up partnerships with everyone doesn't he all the little out and out wingers you know try ray um now huang i just think yeah i i, I think you could have put you could play in our team now yeah, no, thank you. I totally agree. I think he he relishes that um, having the wide players that are you know putting crosses in and and giving him the opportunity to score and and he seems since you know scoring against Southampton he seems to be have really got back to to what he does best and his movement his his runs that he's making and and obviously getting a few goals is it does massively uh, confidence booster for himself and it's it's really nice to see. 
Uh, quickly touching back on some of our players who have been away on international duty. Leander Dendonka uh, didn't feature much again for Belgium and he, he has struggled for game time recently for Wolves. I know you're not his, um, his, his biggest fan, Kim, but with his current situation, should he really be asking for a move away anytime soon, do you think? Well, I think because I did look, I had a look at the Belgium starting lineup, and I think they've got obviously KDB, Witzel, and a guy from Club Rouge, I think. Um, so it's one of those, isn't it? He's not starting for Wolves, he's not starting for Belgium. Um, and at the moment, obviously, we're not going to sell him unless we bring in, you know, your different sorts of midfielders that Bruno has said that he wants. So. It's a difficult one for him, isn't it? Because he's obviously probably lacking that sharpness now because he hasn't started many games for either Belgium or, or Wolves. Um, and, you know, I, I did say, you know, a year ago, I, I wasn't overawed with the fact that he'd signed a new contract. Like, I think he does bring something different. However, I feel like he's been out of form for a while now. Um, I think in the first season in the Premier League, that we were in the Premier League, he did really well. You know, um, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure he fits our fits our style of play. What's your opinion on uh, Leander Dendonka, Matt? Obviously, watching from afar, not I can't imagine you watch us everywhere as much as you'd love to watch Wolves every week, like we do. But where, where do you see Leander Dendonka in this Wolves squad? Because he doesn't really seem to have a, a cemented place in in any role that he plays, does he? I think that's unfortunately it's it's. That's his problem. Yeah, you know, he can't cement. That's where I'm playing. That's where I want to play, um, and then get yourself in the team playing in that position. I think um, it's always hard when a new manager comes in and changes it, and then you don't sort of feature. And I think that's that's where he's going to start questioning. He's coming up to January. If he's not going to be given the opportunity to play, where does he see himself? You know, he's not getting in the Belgium side again now, which is must be in the back of his mind thinking, well, I need to be playing well with, you know, there's loads of competitions coming up. Do do I do I look to potentially be moving in, in, in January? Um he's he's been he's been very I say useful for Wolves. He he's covered in so many different areas and he's never you know he's never let anyone down. He's always been a good player. He's, he's popped up with some very important performances. So it's not something that he you know pe- people are going to be wanting right Let's get rid of him. We don't need him. We definitely, definitely, sort of. He's very important to the squad. It's just whether he can feature more than well enough for for himself. I think is more for the question. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we've got quite a few uh, promising young talents in in the Wolf squad at the moment. Obviously, Morgan Gibbs White made his return to the under twenty squad. Uh, Fabio Silva's featured quite regularly for the Portuguese under twenty ones, considering he's only still nineteen. Uh, Portugal won six 0 the other night, but Fabio Silva missed a penalty, and Kiana Hover got his first goal for the uh, Dutch under twenties in a seven 0 win against Gibraltar. What's your sort of mindset in regards to Fabio Silva, Matt? Obviously, he's still relatively young, got a lot of potential, but can Wolves look at loaning out a £35 million signing? I think that's very difficult to, to loan someone like that out. Um, he is very young. He, he got thrown into it, you know, hardly in too many games. And then he's got thrown into the Premier League, which is the hardest league in the world. And everyone's got that expectation level of him. And it's very difficult to just 
jump in and be flying in such a young age. So it's going to take time for him to adapt to, you know, to progress and to become that player that everyone wants him to be. But he's learning from great, uh, great players around him. And he's obviously got a coach that's going to be drilling him and, and adapting his game. So it's, it's going to take time and you just hope that he is still young. He's still going to be able to improve. Um, and, you know, playing games is always going to help him. What's your opinion on Fabio at the moment, Kim? It's difficult, isn't it? Because it's hard to imagine that they were, they've won 6-0. Um, and ridiculously, he hasn't scored and he's missed a penalty. It's not the It's a confidence ideal, blow, isn't it, that penalty? It's a real miss. confidence blow for him. And I think his strike partner, I saw, scored a hat-trick. Um, you know, he started all of the under-21 games, like the last three or four, I think. Um so it's it's difficult, isn't it? Um, the issue is, I think we are. If he wasn't a thirty-five million pound striker, we would be loaning him out. And if we didn't, and us, I, I guess to be fair, as long if we didn't, if we had backup, then we would be. However, he's the only other out-and-out striker as a backup to Raúl. You know, and I'm sure we'll get onto it in a, in a bit. But Huang cannot. I don't think play up front as an out and out striker on his own. He's more of a plays off a striker. Yeah. Um, so, I, as I say, I don't think there's an option at the moment, and it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because under twenty three football, he's going to stand out. He's going to look way above that level. Um, but you know, you've got to hope that this game time with the under twenty ones would at least give him a little bit more confidence, and it would probably be at a slightly higher level than the under twenty threes. But at the moment, he's coming on for walls here and there, isn't he? You know, ten, fifteen minutes towards the end of the game, and it's not. It's probably not doing his confidence the world good, you know, because he hasn't got really got enough time to make an impact. Um, so I'm still like positive that. He'll come good, but it's just people having patience with him, the price tag, that that's sort of the issue, isn't it, really? I think anyone who's still doubtful that Fabio Silva will become a great striker needs to go back to our game, which we lost to, to West Ham last season at Molyneux, and look at the movement and the finish past Fabianski. Mm. And um, I'm yeah. going to bring... Um, Matt back on for a second, because I've just had a bit of a light bulb moment, but he's probably going to tell me that I'm... I'm wrong. Um, Matt, when when you were at Norwich, was was Harry Kane about that time? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> so no, I, I know he did have a loan spell at Norwich, didn't he? He had, he had quite a few. I think he went to like Leicester and yeah, a few others. I think that was very when he was very young, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sort of put too much pressure on the lad, but I still think it, the, way he'll, the way he's built... Obviously, he's, he's still got a, a few years of um, filling out, and the, the movement that he's got, I, I still think he could be a late bloomer like Harry Kane. I think Wolves fans just need to get past the um, the transfer value and just just be patient with him because he, 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 for me, he, he is going to be a top striker. He just needs a bit of patience. Yeah, it's always going to be difficult. You know, he didn't ask for that price tag, and when you when you come to a club and you come for a big fee. It's straight away the expectation level has just risen, and you're you're always going to be up against it. And when when he's so young and he's you know at the time you know he, he's playing, Jimenez is 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 out, and you're you're relying on him to to try and get you some goals. And 
and it's not quite working and then it, it's just everything just sort of comes a bit too much and he's trying too hard and and it just ha- didn't sort of work for him but he's still young you, everyone keeps forgetting he's 19 if he were to sign now you know it doesn't matter on the price if he were to sign now you think actually a 19 year old yeah he's he's a very very good player it's just because of the expectation levels at the time needed someone to be that focal point, needed someone to be that striker to score them goals. And and at, at that point in time, it wasn't him. How many strikers are you aware of in sort of the Wolves history, Kim, that have scored two goals against West Brom and don't get the adoration that Fabio said? I know we, we, we didn't win the last game, but he scored two goals against West Brom and the fans still haven't taken to him as much as he deserves. I don't think in my lifetime any player scored two goals Against West Ham for Wolves, against West Brom for Wolves, apart from Fabio Silva, um, you know, I just think people need to lay off him because, as you guys said, he's only young, he's only going to get better, and you can tell. You know, we've we had the conversation in the chat, Dan. He's at least bulking up and getting stronger and working on things. So, I think, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him get a little bit more game time, but obviously with Bruno making subs in the last 10 minutes, it's a bit difficult for him at the moment, but hopefully like learning from Raul, um, you know, in terms of his all-round play. And as you say, he's got great movement, great movement. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still positive about his future at Wolves. You mentioned uh new South Korean hero, Hwang Gi-chan. He scored... Um against UAE in the first uh, round of the, the current fixtures, the last round of fixtures, sorry, and then they went on to beat, uh, uh, it was Iraq 3-0 in Qatar on, on Tuesday night. What have you made of his start to Wolves, Matt? Obviously he scored, I think it's four or five goals now. I've been very impressed. I think he's he's exactly what Wolves needed. I think he's he's... I would say you're a typical Wolves player, but he he works hard for the team first and foremost. You can see whatever position he's playing, whether he's alone, whether he's been up striker on his own, or if he's playing out wide, he works hard for the team. He's chasing fullbacks all the way back. He's he's got that energy levels which is is guaranteed for 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 Wolves. I think he's got great touch, great ability, and obviously that goal scoring touch is is a huge plus because it just takes a little bit of pressure off Jimenez. I think he's just he's the main man you know he needs he scores the goals he does everything Jimenez but you need someone else to help him and I think Wang's been that perfect partner uh, and also you know he in himself he's, he's a very very good player and um, and as I said I, I think he's a you know that typical Wolves player that all the fans would would really take to because you can see he's he, his energy levels his commitment and and obviously it means everything to to score for the club after the recent um, travelling in the last week, Kim, do you think Wolves can afford to start with either out Raul or, or Huang against West Ham on Saturday? Mm, simple answer is no. Um, I think, especially Raul, like when we obviously benched Raul for Villa, I think we really, really struggled um, to keep hold of the ball. I don't think that as I said earlier I don't think that Huang is a player who can sort of start up top on his own I think he looked really lost and I think if I remember rightly gave the ball away so many times when he played up front on his own against against Villa so I just can't see how we can't start them but 
obviously I can see why we wouldn't, you know, I don't think, I don't, I think Raul's, did he play? I think he's played 90 minutes. So all of the games and I believe he's not, he's back today um, with, I'm sure, jet lag. Um, so for me, there are, there are murmurs that he might not be at least playing the whole uh, game on yeah. Saturday, whether I, I think it's one of them. If, if, if he feels he's, capable of doing it you start him and and just see how long mm. he lasts in, in his own sort of mindset whether he wants to come off but knowing knowing Raul he'd play another 180 minutes wouldn't he I think the, the, what what I would say is if Raul isn't like fit enough to start I would actually start with Fabio I know that's quite a controversial thing to say but at, at least he's a bit more of a presence with Huang again if he I, I would imagine he will start um, with Huang off him, I don't think it works with all Pedence, Traore. I just don't think it works with them up top because they don't hold onto the ball enough. So that that yeah, probably a controversial thing to say, but I do think that Silver. I'd prefer Silver to start than Traore or Pedence up top. What's your current feelings on Adama Traore, mate? Obviously, he's been linked to every decent club in the. On Earth, really, at the moment, because just just in Europe, but just everywhere in the world, he's been linked to at the moment. Uh, obviously, contract negotiations seem to be ongoing, maybe stalling. What, what's your opinions on Traore as a as a player and and his future at the moment? I think you know, just starting with the you know contract, you just never know what's going on. Whether that's a factor why he's not playing, um, yeah, there's loads of different. Bruno's mentioned that theories. apparently the contract isn't an issue. And then I mentioned to you earlier about Bruno wanting sort of three players who play more narrow. Is that is that why he's out? Potentially, but for me, I, you you have to play him. I think you know he he's 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 improved so much at Wolves, and you look at his link up play with Jimenez. It's in the current team in that attacking threat. You need someone like him that's going to be able to take the ball up the pitch. You know, he's going to have that threat of crossing and setting up chances. I think when Jimenez wasn't there, I feel like he decided that he was going to, if anything was going to happen, he'd have to do it all himself. And then he he tried to do everything on his own, uh, and it and obviously it didn't really work uh, to a degree. But it's he's got now Wang and Jimenez that help and it's not just when he gets the ball there's three players around him and he's got to try and beat four or five people and put a cross in or or shoot I feel like now there's there's more threat in the team I think you know if Jimenez is in the middle with Wang on the other side and and Traore's got that opportunity to take players on it's a no-brainer for me but you know I understand the idea of trying to play slightly narrow but Traore could he could do that. If you ask any fullback or any defender, would they want to play up against Traore or whoever else that's going to be up against them? They would definitely want to play whoever else, not Traore, because they just they're afraid of that power and strength and and pace, and that that's what he can bring to a team. I and I, I agree. I agree. Like the, the substitutes having ten minutes, and if he comes on ten minutes, it's just it's too hard to get into a game. Um, it's it's just not enough time. So uh, for me. I would, I would play him. I think I'm not sure how surprised you'd be, but the, the fan base is massively split on a dime. We've got a comment from Ben Griffiths that says 
sell him. <laughs> it's simple as that. You know how Wolves fans are, but, uh, Matt, read, read our mince our words. Um, Kim, what's your opinions on Adama? Uh, obviously, 18 months left on his contract, being linked to Liverpool, Barcelona recently. Do you sell a player like Adama and, and reinvest it back in the squad that needs a bit more depth or is he, in my opinion, um, there's no other player in the world like him, so you need to have a player like that in your squad? Firstly, I'm not sure if Ben Griffiths is someone I know. So if it is, I'll be having a word with him tomorrow about that comment. Um, so it's difficult, isn't it? Because as time goes on, I feel like if he doesn't, if he's not going to sign the contract, then we have kind of have no choice to cash in. And as he's on the bench every game, his value—it feels like his value is just decreasing every week um so for me i think i don't i wouldn't if i had the choice i'd i'd like him to sign the contract and stay because he's such a unique player and i know sometimes we can be a bit one-dimensional where we almost get a little bit lost and it's just passable to adama and let's hope that he does something but then there are games where he literally just you know draws like the whole team into him and, and creates space for our other attacking players. So if it was up to me, I would keep him, but obviously with the caveat that he obviously signs signs the contract. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head, to be honest. I think you're sort of forced in because at the moment if he's not playing, he's not gonna be thinking, I want to sign this mm. contract. <laughs> you know, if if you're not yeah. playing, why why would you want to stay? Um but at the same time if if he if he does sign the contract, brilliant. If he doesn't, then then you are stuck in a position that you think, well, if he's not playing now anyway, and he's not signing the contract, you get as much money for him as possible and invest it into the squad. But for me, I, 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 as I said, I would I would play him. When um, things got a bit, shall we say, sticky in sort of your later couple of years at Wolves, Matt, did you ever feel the same that it was the players were wanting to get you on the ball and hoping you were going to do something? Um, no, to be honest, I, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved it. I, that was my whole role in the team was to get the ball and to create opportunities and get the crowd off their feet. That was my whole, that was my role. That's what I had to do. So if I wasn't doing that, then I wasn't, I wasn't playing well or I wasn't doing my role in the team. So I didn't feel, feel that pressure as such. No, um, it's that that's what I was meant to do. That was what I was uh, I was in the team. So I I can understand. You know, if if I was like Traorian, we didn't have our striker, that, our main striker that was out, and I think the pressure just starts building because they like like Kim said. I think he's if if the team's struggling and have that point where there's not really anything, he he can do something. He can take that upon himself and hold off three people and go up the line and take another four people on and then put the ball in the back of the net. He, he's he got that ability to do it. It's just, it's, it's, it's if and when that, that happens. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's a difficult one, but I don't feel like with, with Jimenez and Wang being back and in the team, I think it, it's the perfect opportunity for him to, to show his qualities. Right. Let's talk about another player that's uh, out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, the Moroccan Maldini, Roman Soyes, he captained his uh, 
nation to a 3-0 win against Sudan. Didn't feature in the second game, but Morocco have already qualified for a playoff match where they'll play one of Algeria, Cameroon, Congo, Egypt, Ghana, Mali, Nigeria, Senegal or Tunisia. What's your feelings on Sace, Kim? Because obviously he's, he's been indifferent. He's, he used to play midfield for us. It has become a massive a part of our defensive unit in the last sort of three three months. Him and Kilman have really um, raised the game. But is he another one we really should be trying to get a deal sorted with? When's it? Is his contract? His contract's coming to an end, isn't it? As end well, of this, this season. season. This was it's his, one of his, those, isn't it? He's not. He's obviously now a fully fledged centre back. I can't see him go moving back into midfield now. Personally, I think he plays centre back, doesn't he, for Morocco as well? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I've not. There's been times where I haven't been his biggest fan. I think he has does have those lapses in concentration at times. However, he's not exactly let us down. Um, he's been quite solid. I think obviously Kilman's been the outstanding player. I would say really for Wolves this season so far. Um, so I guess he's been kind of overshadowed. But I feel like he's never let us down. But at the same time, he has been as you, when you flashed up the five the team from five years ago, and he was on the bench. It's like, is it time for to sort of move him on? So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't offer him a contract. However, I wouldn't be too too worried if we almost just kept him as a a, a decent squad player and then sort of bought in some reinforcements um, in January or in ne- to next season. I suppose it's it's the ambitions of the player, isn't it? it matters, like you said, with five years ago he was on the bench at a team in the bottom half of the championship. Now he's one couple couple of games away from captaining his country to a World Cup. It's it's ridiculous how quickly football moves on, isn't it? Exactly that. When you get the opportunity to play and you get a run in the team, yeah, it's amazing how quickly football moves on. And and you know, it's it's all experiences as well. You know, being on the bench five years ago, but look what's happened at the club and and he's been involved in a lot of it you know he's 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 coming to the team in lots of different positions but sort of recently as you say going going back to center half and and there's been quite a few injuries and and he's filled that that void and he's he's done very well yes there's you know always going to be little bits and pieces and mistakes but he's been a great um part of the squad so it's now up to again both parties to feel like if am I going to be playing am I going to be involved as much as I would like am I happy to be a squad player or um, do I do I find myself wanting to to be playing every week somewhere else but then it's on the club whether they would like you know, like him to to be in and around the place and and be used different when we've got a similar player on the books. Um... Similar to Den Donker, obviously Willy Bolly has been struggling for game time. Uh, Ivory Coast failed to make it out of their group after losing to Cameroon 1-0 in the deciding game of the group. Um, obviously been struggling to get into the Wolves side. <laughs> Another player will be maybe tempting wanting to move in the future. What do you think about that? I think he's... Not this season. When, it, when it, Last season, the season before, he's been instrumental, him and Cody. I think you know he loads of clubs were into him, and he was like you know he was going to be that next centre half. Um, obviously, injuries are horrible, and and they take it out. Um, but I still think for me, you know, when he's fit and he's playing, he he's a he's a proper centre half. He's a proper someone someone that's going to 
head it, kick it. He's quick. He's strong. He's a good defender. I think he, you'd be definitely want to keep hold of him for for me. Um, obviously, injuries, you know, make sure he's he's all right. But yeah, he he's a he's a proper defender. Did did Bolly have COVID, Kim? Yeah, I think he's had so many issues, hasn't he, this season? I think at one point he he had the injury. Then he had just little niggles and knocks. Then he had COVID. And then I just think he had like a, a normal sort of general illness. It feels like that's why I'm starting to think that is he like ever just going to play regularly for Wolves again, like without sound, sounding too negative about it. Um, because obviously if he's fully fit and, you know, completely ready to go, he's probably still our best centre-back. Um, by a mile, I would say. However, he's, is he 29 or 30 now? So, you know, you never know. Is it time to cash in at the end of the season? I hope not, but is it, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play again this season. How does it, from a from a footballer's point of view, Matt, obviously the likes of Den Donker, Sais, obviously Sais is coming towards the end of his contract are you looking for sort of one big move when, when you're coming to an end of a contract? How easy is it to renew with a club when you're going into your last year of a deal? Obviously, it's we've so, gone into sort of the pounds and stuff. Yeah, uh, so so difficult depending on your situation. You know, if if you've played loads of games and you're you're still playing and you're coming into the end of your contract, depends on your age. It depends on loads of things, but you. You ultimately, as as a player, you want it done, whether you are or whether you're not, as you quickly want security, as possible. Don't you? Yeah, you want to know because there's, you don't want to be sort of if, buts, and maybe, and waiting to the end of the season, and then suddenly you haven't really played all season, and then you're told that you're not going to get offered a contract, and then you're now scraping around thinking, right, I need to to move, but now I haven't played all season, so you just start start as soon as you don't play. You start moving down the pecking order a lot and people sort of forget, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. I haven't seen him play this season. And it just, it, although it's just, you know, everyone says it's just a season, it's not. It, it, it go, you go out of people's mindsets. And it's, um, so it, it, you, as players, you just want it sorted as quickly as possible. You want to know where you're going to be playing. You want to make sure your family's settled and, and you, want to, you want to be playing. You want to be part of that team. So it's, um, it's just, it's unfortunate. Actually, that that's football. You've you've got to take the rough with the smooth. Obviously, you 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 played for some top sides in in your career. Where does your sort of time at Wolves rank? Obviously, we've got a comment from Ed. Uh, love Jaro, even his chairs are Wolves colours. <laughs> uh, I loved. I absolutely loved my time at Wolves. I, I, I just think, you know, being, I think I was 20 when I signed, I was a bit, a bit more, more uh, of an unknown when I went there and to have five amazing years there was so enjoyable. I think, you know, first year going and finishing, um, we missed out playoffs by one goal and then to blitz the championship the next year and then have three seasons, yeah, and then have, yeah, three seasons of Premier. It was just it was a, it was a dream come true for me, um, you know, going up the leagues and then playing and playing pretty much week in week out and winning games is enjoyable and that them you know first two years just was was fantastic and the group of players that we that we had and we're all still very close now I think that that was that was so enjoyable as as a, as a player to to have that journey um, and the Premier League was 
was just the best thing in the world. Um, playing, playing week in week out with with everyone was was great. Molyneux Stadium, the atmosphere. I, I, I genuinely, it was it was it was amazing. Any uh, Java moments that stand out for you, Kim? Too many to even. Where, I don't know where to start. I suppose. Oh, can't even think now. <laughs> I'll jump in then to save the embarrassment because I think this moment goes quite unnoticed because you know, you've got you scored some decent goals for us. Obviously, we're key to get his promotion. Um, you remember? Obviously, got this the Chaucer kit from that promotion season. The goal that you scored away at Derby County, the equaliser. I think that gets sort yeah. of forgotten about, but that was a key goal, wasn't it? In that sort of run for promotion. That that game was i think you could see by everyone's celebration how important it was um keo was amazing that day yeah, he scored the opener and then yeah that the equalizer i've actually got that picture framed um because of the celebration i got mud all down my shirt i'm slid in at the far post to get the equalizer and it was just the eruption of celebration and everyone and then um, marlon harewood i think came on and set up and uh, I think that Kiel was, uh, scored yeah, the Kiel winner. Kiel scored the winner from the, the Hayward assist. And, yeah. then, and then you should see everyone was sprinting down the touchline. All the subs were jumping on. The celebration, that was such a key game. I think that after that one, everyone was just like, yeah, this this is it. Um, but that, yeah, that 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 was pure passion and emotion. The celebration, as, uh, as I said, I've got that, uh, I've got that frame, that picture, because it was just... It's like me, just like that, with mud all down a shirt, going. Yeah, it was such a, a great, um, great e- equalising and feeling to to then go on to win the game, which was huge for us. We've got various comments. People mention obviously the the goal against Villa that got you pretty much got you the England cap, wasn't it? The goal against West Ham in the three one win that was another um, big win that night, and probably one of one of my favourite goals that you scored because it was quite an accomplished finish, wasn't it? That was it, it the was... one. That was the one that I was thinking of. I knew it. I remember that goal like it was yesterday. Now I do. It was, that was, it was live on Sky. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. I mean, what what a game to be honest. It was um, such you know, an important game, were, wasn't it? At the time. Yeah. Both we were both sort of scrapping for it at the end of the season, and and it was it was it was really good atmosphere. I think um, you know Doyler scored early. And Zubar scored, and then I made that run. And Jonah always is uh, is always going to find you. And it, as you said, the one touch and then shot across. And it's the only time I've ever sort of done a celebration. Is because my mates from school we always used to do this silly sort of like goggles celebration, like when we were yeah on holiday or whatever. And it's the only time I've ever done it. And I ran into the corner like that, <laughs> and live on Sky, and they were buzzing. But um, it was just what what an atmosphere because we it meant so much to everyone that it was a huge three points to to keep us in the league. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a great game. We've just mentioned game. a few of your goals there. Obviously, the the, the Villa volley, uh, Martin Webass. Sort of what where where do you rank your, your best uh, your, your three best goals? Four, three. I don't know. I I think I, I always say the Villa one purely and simply because yes, it was a great goal, but the actual meaning behind the goal is that goal got me in the England squad. Um, Capello told me that I was close and that goal, actually, he said that goal got you in. So I always say that um, just because it has that meaning behind it. But 
I think I don't even know if you remember. Do you remember last sort of few games we played Wigan away Wigan. and I scored? <laughs> that was that was a great goal. I, I think I actually posted that, that on our Twitter page the other day. It was yeah. Wolves were already dead and buried, but it was like that was a great proper goal. FIFA <laughs> R one circle top corner. The keeper had no chance. Yeah. Didn't it? yeah, I liked that one. I did like that one. I I, I can't I can't even remember the other ones. To be honest, um, you've got you, but... you've got one goal against um, Blackpool Army. It's the only goal that I've ever missed because I was I was still queuing outside. It was that early <laughs> into the game. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think it was was it um, Adam Hamill that laid it across and I finished yeah. it. Was it that goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four nil yeah. win. Yeah, obviously Ed Ed's enjoying the comments. Uh, he was driving home, uh, listening to the West Ham game. Uh, Java scored, heard it on the radio. I went mental at a red light. I knew we were staying up. Yeah, obviously, some agree. some great memories there. Um, Amar asked in the in our Twitter page earlier: Was there any regrets at not staying at Wolves and trying to get us back up, or was it you, you had to keep in, in the prem? Unfortunately, no, um, no, not regret. I, I don't regret really anything. Um, the the I absolutely loved my time at Wolves and it, it wasn't because I didn't want to play for the club anymore. It was purely and simply I wanted to, I was in the in and around the England squad. I needed to be playing back in the Premier League. I wanted to play in the Premier League and the opportunity arose for me to go and I wanted to take it. Um, that that was it. There was nothing to do with anything else. It was purely football. I wanted to to carry on playing in the Premier League. I As I said, I love the club. Um, have so much affection for the fans and, and everyone associated with it. So it was never ever that I didn't want to play for the club. I just wanted to to carry on. I felt like I my performances warranted me to get back and play in the Premier League. Anything from you, Kim, in regards to asking Matt any more questions? So I, I could just bombard him with questions all night. I, 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 you know the the assist um, for Ella Kobe at home to Man United. That was another iconic Wolves win. <laughs> I think the the biggest one that I always always get told about or asked about is the not in a forest one with Chris Ulumo. Oh, yeah, the five five nil, five one, I think it was. Yeah, that always gets going because me and Looms always have a a thing over the years because he never ran over to celebrate with me. He ran off somewhere else, and uh, he he everyone was giving him pelters for years, and he. He, 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 we, on, it was one of them like on this day that goal was shown again, and he was getting pelters. And then he he did like a a video of him doing press ups and apologising and saying sorry, Jarvo, oh, I should have come and come and have, uh, and celebrated with you. So we've always had that together. But that was a that was a great day. It was very similar. Have you ever seen that video of um, Thierry Henry running past Jamie Carragher? Yeah, yeah. You well, you yeah. leaving Wes Morgan look, looking like he was like treading mud. Yeah. How rapid yeah. you were on that, that cross. Yeah. Uh, let's quickly get back to the, the, the last bit of international duty. Obviously, um, Raul played uh, 180 minutes. Mexico luckily just managed to qualify on goal difference in front of um, uh, Panama. As I said, murmurs coming out that he might actually... Uh, start the game on Saturday. Qatar 2022, you see some of the teams that have qualified already, uh, Germany, Spain, England, Brazil, France, Belgium. You can see this, the likes of Portugal could play, one of sort of Italy, uh, Wales, Sweden, Poland. I really want Cristiano Ronaldo to be at the, that World Cup, but they've got a tough 
couple of fixtures there, Portugal, whether they make it through. Where's the, obviously, looking at those countries there, Matt, who's your early money on to, to win next year? <laughs> to win, God. I, I mean, how often so do, do countries like sort of um, regain their World Cup? I mean, France are probably one of the most exciting teams at the moment, but how, how often do countries retain the, yeah. the World Cup? I, yeah, it's so difficult. You can never tell, can you? Um, you if you're looking at it at the moment, you, you, you'd say, obviously, England have got a great chance. You'd say Germany, Spain are, are really, they're getting that and other... You know, crop of young players that are all coming through Belgium, but France, you know, the squad is, is incredible. Um, so I, I, I will be definitely sitting and enjoying it and, uh, and hoping for, like you said, I, I would love Ronaldo. I'm a, I'm a Ronaldo fan, so I'd love him to be there and, and just, you know, watch, watch him as well. Special player. What about you, Kim? Where's your early money? Um, pretty much the same. I'm obviously a big England fan, so yeah, my money is on England, and I think by that point we will have we've got one of the best young teams there. Portugal, I'm not so sure on. I think uh, they they've got a lot of players who are almost coming to their, the end of their career. Um, so for me, it'd be England, France, or Belgium. I would say those are probably the three front runners. Maybe Brazil. I don't know. I don't really. Wa- I haven't watched Brazil for a while, so I'm not sure. Can you imagine some of the the carnage at Christmas parties next year if England were to win the World Cup? <laughs> I I certainly can. Yes, <laughs> it'll be it'll be epic. It would be epic. It'll be, I can't uh, imagine be, watching be... World Cup games like in the cold. Like it just—it feels a bit strange, doesn't it? Everyone's going to be in sort of um, on on the on the outdoor squares, throwing like hot chocolate in the air when England school. <laughs> hot chocolate and Baileys, I imagine. It'll be um, it'll be so strange, definitely. I just never experienced it, but it will be something that uh, hopefully everyone will be enjoying. Um, let's quickly get back to Wolves. Uh, Grace, the likes of. Uh, Johnny Otto, Pedro Neto, Yerson Mosquera uh, starting their their rehab. How much how much on a scale of one to ten over Wolves missed Pedro Neto, Matt? I was gonna say he's the he's the player. He he was so good for Wolves. You when he first signed, usually he showed glimpses and you were like, Oh yeah, he's you know, he's decent, but it just wasn't like he wasn't always clicking and he played bits and pieces and then he just got in the team and he just never never turned back. He was he was the standout player and it's so disappointing for him to to be injured and be out because I think that he just adds something so different to Wolves' his attack line and, and he, he's a real miss. So I'll be delighted to see him back. How, how, how excited are you for the return of Johnny? Kim, obviously, he's always been a solid, uh, quite similar to Kevin Fowley, isn't he? Matt, in regards to just constantly being reliable, always above seven, or seven and a half out of ten every game minimum, isn't it? Definitely. He's like so underrated, isn't he? I think we've ha- how many? We seem to have had so many different players play there since he's been injured, and none of them have been up to the standard of Johnny. You know, okay, so he doesn't give you the Samada levels of attacking threat. However. He's quite underrated in terms of going forward. He still brings a lot to the team and he's just so defensively solid. So I think as well as Neto, I think having Johnny and Neto back will almost feel like two 
new signings, providing they obviously recovering of the same player. Um, and just going back to Troyore, maybe that's Wolves' plan if they see that Neto is making a great recovery. Would Troyore get in ahead of Huang and um, Neto? Um, I don't think so. Um, so maybe maybe that's what they're looking at. If he's up to the standard of being fit and, and raring to go, maybe they'll look to, to cash in on Troyore. You can tell you work in marketing with lines like two new signings when the, the squad depth is minimal. Um, let's quickly touch on the weekend's game at home to West Ham. Obviously, a few Wolves players uh, played for both sides in the past. Paul Ince, uh, Henry Kamara, Colin Cole, Kevin Keane, Sean Newton. And then we've got Matt's period. Uh, obviously, Matt, Roger Johnson and Marlon Airwood who had that assist away at Derby. Matt, I, 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 obviously, if there's any West Ham fans, I'm really trying not to be naive and ignorant. But do you notice a difference in size of a club like West Ham to Wolves? Because for me, Wolves are a much bigger club than West Ham. But uh, how, do, how do you see it without shooting yourself in the foot with both fans? <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, thanks. But West Ham have um, never won the, the, the main division in English football. They've, they've won the I FA Cup the, once. The um, location is, is massive. You know, being in London adds a, a, a huge dimension um, you know, just even, you know, um, for instance, as players, when you have to do commercial bits, you do bits and pieces after training to go off and do that. West Ham in London, there's so much of it. There's walls. We still do used to do loads, but not as much uh, at West Ham. I think that's just the the London factor. I think that that, uh, that comes out with that. What's your opinions on um, West Ham, uh, Kim? Obviously, they've got quite a few exciting players now. Obviously, Declan Rice and Asuchek, probably maybe the best midfield pairing in the league at the moment. Yeah, I think Declan Rice is such a good player and that's just me with my England hat on, I suppose. I think he's improving greatly, quickly, and I can see him moving to sort of your Chelsea or Man United next season. Um, but I think just generally they've got so many players all over the pitch, haven't they? Like attacking threat, and I am a little bit worried about this game. I don't know why, but I do think we're going to struggle defensively because, you know, they've got Bowen, Fornells, Ben Rama, and obviously Antonio, who we all know that Cody will probably struggle against Antonio because he always tends to with, you know, your, your, your really strong sort of target man strikers. And obviously Antonio is very quick. So, yeah, I, I know that Antonio's been on international duty, but they've paid 100k, haven't they, to um, make sure he's back on time. So he's already back. So he's definitely going to be starting. Um, so, yeah. So, so he's gone from one. Kingston, Jamaica, to uh, Kilman's back pocket in the space of a few days. Ooh. You can crack me on that on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Wolves versus West Ham in the Premier League. We've played each other 10 times. Wolves have won five, lost four, and drawn one. Obviously, we mentioned the the 3-1 win when when Matt was there on Saturday. It is going to be uh, quite an even game. Last time out at Molyneux, we we lost 3-2 at home. Obviously, West Ham had that 38-minute blitz against us, which was quite shocking to see at the time. Obviously, then Donker got a goal just before half-time when that goal from Fabio Silva was quite impressive. Um, What was your opinions on that game at the time, Kim? It was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? That I felt like in that game, the game was just over within that period. I didn't feel like... It was one of those, it was forgettable, wasn't it? It was behind closed doors. 
we'd almost we were just petering out that season. Um, I just think I feel like it's going to be a completely different game because you know what Wolves fans are like. We won't be well. I would imagine most Wolves fans will almost not be expecting to lose, but not expecting to win. And I think that's where we can really back the team um, on Saturday and really, you know, yeah. I think it's going to be a good game. I won't give you my my, uh, score prediction yet, but I think it's going to be a good game. And I think you can't really compare the games pre like last season. Like I just think that was almost a write off, wasn't it? In the end. Different manager, different, you know, no fans there. We'll, we'll just forget about that. Any modern new atmospheres that uh, strike a chord with you, Matt, from your time there? To be honest, I, I, the, the atmosphere was always great. I, it was just so good. For me, you know, whatever the, the, the score, whatever, if, whenever I used to get the ball, I used to feel the crowd. Like they, they used to you be hear, you hear the sitch dropping. Yeah, you just you just hear everyone wanting want spurring you on. Go on, go take him on, take him on. Yeah, and it was just so for me. Uh, it was it was perfect. That's all I ever wanted or needed as a, as a player is is have the, the fans behind you and and you just get that extra impetus to go and to go and do it. I was you know I would I would do it, but when you have have the, the the all of the fans behind you cheering you on, it makes such a huge difference. So. I think that that was a it was a huge factor for Wolves with having no fans. I think that's that that's that's a tough thing to do. Um, and on, on the flip side, I think West Ham did extremely well with About because that they didn't have any the, fans. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know, it, like like Kim said, I think it's a completely different game. Um, West Ham are on a on a a very good run. Um, they're just a you, solid unit now, aren't they? David Moyes has just completely changed the way that they are mentally, physically, and and as a team, um, they're, they're all just riding that wave of, uh, of of winning, performing well, and everyone's performing well at the same time, which is obviously a massive, massive help. Um, so, but Ogbonna being injured is the first sort of time that they've had someone that's in there. Sort of starting, they're settled starting a lineup that that's now out for a while, and he's left-footed, left centre half, which, which although is only, you know, you know, another centre half, maybe Dawson will come in and zoom and move across, but it does make a difference when you're left-footed playing left centre half to to a right-footed, then moving over to the left side when they all want to start to play out and they want to do other things. So that that could be a factor, but that that you know you you've seen that they're. Um, their thing of uh, get, trying to get Antonio back, so that they, they 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 know how important he is. Obviously, they got the three-two win at home to Liverpool last weekend. Uh, three shots on target. Obviously, one of them was a Alisson own goal, which uh, gave them the lead. Liverpool had seventy percent of the possession that day, sixteen shots. Liverpool are probably it's between them, Man City and Chelsea, isn't it for the league title? But obviously, West Ham riding riding a serious wave of success at the moment what's your sort of feelings where we can get at West Ham though well like I said I think you know the the centre half when you're you're on the opposite side is 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 going to be you know only a small factor but I think that's that's something um they're they're West Ham are sort of um playing a bit more of an attacking uh sorry counter-attacking side because they're so good at 
getting everyone back behind the ball, working hard as a team, and then they break and they've got Antonio who will run the channels, hold it up, and Ben Rama's starting to get into into his stride and um, Bowen's he he's been sort of like the thorn in Wolves's uh, back line at, uh, in the recent times he scored in both fixtures last year. So it's that it, they're a settled side. Um, you just hope that for Wolves's sake that you know Jimenez is is able to play because and Wang and and whoever else they're they're deciding that's going to play on the other side because sort of need that full strength team to go into this t- into this game. I feel. I made the tongue-in-cheek comment just about Antonio landing in Kilman's back pocket and you mentioned about Conor Cardi maybe struggling against um, Antonio, Kim. Mikel Antonio has played against Wolves 10 times, hasn't scored and has got only one assist, which was in a championship Ooh. game, which Conor Cardi didn't play in. So as far as I'm concerned, we've got nothing to worry about, but that's me jinxing Wolves, isn't it? And another stat for you. Mikel Antonio hasn't scored in the league since August. So that was quite surprising when I saw that stat. I thought I felt like he'd and I, and I know he's influential in the team. He does a lot more than score and obviously his assist counts I think is quite high as well this season. However, it's quite surprising that he's obviously he's he put one away, didn't he, for Jamaica, but in the Premier League he's a I've took him out of my fancy Premier League team. <laughs> let's be honest. So He's definitely going to score now. I've said all that. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. in my side for at least another week until um, you, you can't. You have to have have little players like them coming up against walls because you can't lose either way. Then that's the, I'm, I'm I'm always a it's no good thinking no yeah. lose situation. Yeah. If 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 the score against us, great, I got points. If not, then <laughs> walls wise the priority anyway. Um, have a look at the last lineups between both sides. Um, I think the key battle this weekend is going to be. Matinho and Neves coming up against Suchek and, and Declan Rice, isn't it? But you mentioned uh, just math that obviously uh, Noah, Noah Bonner, who's more who's likely to come in for him? Will it be Craig Dawson, do you think? I think Dawson, yeah, and probably Zuma will go to the left-hand side. That's my thought. Has, uh, is um, Kufal back yet? Is it, ben, is it Ben Johnson? Yeah. He's playing at the moment. Yeah. So maybe that's somewhere that... Wolves can get at West Ham potentially as well. I think Marcel is supposedly back in contention, but is Ait Nori the one who starts for you both, Matt? Um, yes, I think so. Um, I haven't seen um, in recent weeks. I think yes, I think he he he'll be the the best suited. I think for for the game. Um, also in it, on his performances, I think. Do you think maybe sacrificing maybe someone like Trinko and having Dendonk to have a bit more physicality in midfield would be the way to go, Kim? Um, personally, no. I think we'll have in, we should have enough in centre midfield. And I know that's quite a weird thing to say, but I don't think Suchek and Rice have like, they're pretty... They're obviously mobile, but they're not like you know quick or anything. I think like we have enough in centre midfield for ne- with Neves and Matinho. Personally, I would just probably swap out Trincao for Adama. I think this is a game where it could be end to end. Obviously, West Ham are quite they play on the break, but I think we could almost 
we all, it, it might be a game of cat and mouse, I think. Yeah, the first yeah. goal will be probably key. Yeah. I said like earlier, it's mm-hmm. uh, five wins against four of West Ham's, and I think most games apart from last season have have been won by sort of the occasion, the, the odd goal. What's your, what's your score? Well would be yeah, would be it's, we we need Jimenez playing purely for the defensive set pieces, don't we? It's, he is keen both. Well, it's for, for both teams, yeah, for both, yeah. Because uh, Wolves, obviously, Matinho, it takes a lot of the set pieces and his qualities, you know, is very, very good. And that's where Wolves can get a few, quite a few goals. But on the flip side, that's where West Ham are very strong. So that set pieces are, are huge in, in any game. As I mentioned earlier, Matt, without trying to shoot yourself in the foot, what's your score prediction Saturday? Or are you <laughs> so, just going to sit on so the fence? A hundred percent sit on that fence today, yeah. <laughs> Are you going for a score draw? Yeah. I definitely a score draw, yeah. There's, it's, it, it can't be a nil-nil, that's for sure. What about you, Kim? I'm going 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Yeah, I think it's going to be an entertaining one. And I think, yeah, but I can't see either team getting the upper hand. Obviously, West Ham will be really high in confidence after Liverpool. However, I still think that we'll pull it, pull it out of the bag and we'll equalise in the last 10 minutes. I'm going for a 2-1 Wolves. I think, uh, obviously, you mentioned the underdog tag on Saturday. Hopefully, the, the Molyneux crowd rise to the occasion and the players do alongside with it. Before we do uh, a little quiz, we've got Martin Webber who's had a comment. Obviously, Matt... Football uh, careers are short. What are you doing with yourselves these days? Yeah, they certainly are. Um, I am doing the other side of it, so doing the punditry side, so podcasts like this, you like yourself. Um, but yeah, I've been doing some BT, some Sky Sports News, and and some other bits and pieces. So enjoying doing that because I, I still feel connected to the game. Uh, I, I you know I, I watch football all the time, so it, it's you know, it's nice to just still be in and around it. So I'd love to carry on and, and do the punditry side. Well, right, I'm gonna put Kim on the spot with a couple of Matt Jarvis-based quiz questions oh, now. No. Hopefully, Matt... You know what I'm like at quizzes, Dan? Come on. Oh, no. I don't remember things. No, it's all, it's all the gin and tonics that you've had. It's ruined your memory. <laughs> right, start with the first question. Matt, help her out if she struggles. The first question if is... I can remember. <laughs> Matt Jarvis made his uh, England appearance against Ghana. What shirt number did he wear? Oh, 15? Is that correct, is that... Matt? I don't know why I said 15. It's just... Seventeen. It, it was fifteen. No, he was seventeen. Was 15, you were wrong. Oh. You were correct. You were correct. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure many people know this, but um, Matt Jarvis, as a youngster, scored against Wolves in a one-nil win for Gillingham. Uh, Gillingham played the majority of that game with ten men against a newly relegated Wolves side, which was supposed to be going for uh, back to for promotion. Uh, obviously, Matt Jarvis got the goal in October 2004. Who was the Wolves goalie that day, Kim? 2004. Oh my gosh, goalie. Okay, so Matt, not Matt Murray. No. Um, oh, what's his name? Michael Oakes. Was it? I think you're. I think you're right, aren't you? Two that's out of two. That's correct. Yes, Michael Oakes. Matt that, Murray was that, on the bench that day. That was my first ever professional goal. That. Obviously, I have and to do Dave Jones got the Dave Jones got the sack after that game. See, you just you got you had a lot to blame for in that Jones household over those those weeks. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. 
I read, obviously, I had to do some research into this sort of stuff and how did, does Paul Scully have some sort of mind in the future that he predicted you to play for England at the age of eight, uh, 24? <laughs> yeah, I think he was trying to get my price tag up. Um, but yes, he did. He he said that I would uh, I would play for England before I was twenty five. So he was spot on. Two months short of his twenty fifth birthday, Kim. He got called up for England years after the Gillingham chairman tried to bump up his transfer price. I remember uh, that actually. I remember that comment. Yeah. Who were you sort of being linked to before you joined Wolves, Matt? Um, a Forest. Um, I think there was Plymouth, there was Charlton, there was a few others. Um, but I uh, I had a call from my agent to say that Mick McCarthy wanted to meet me in Portugal because he was on holiday. And would I go out and, and meet him? And <laughs> I was actually bags packed going to the airport with my mates to go on a boy's holiday. Um, and I... <laughs> a boy's holiday for culture or... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then I, I had to literally put my bags back down, uh, booked a flight and flew out to Portugal, met Mick McCarthy. And that was it. As soon as how, I how, do you, him, how do your mates react to a situation like that? Can, do they not just say, can you not just do it tomorrow? Or come on, Matt, nah, we've, we've, got, we've got Falaraki here. What's, <laughs> what's the situation it, it was, there from a mate's point of view? To, to be, you know, it, 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 to be honest, they didn't really care <laughs> what they were going to say. But yeah. I was going to meet with coffee. But no, they're they're brilliant, and it made the holiday. I know I missed. They, they're still bad at me to this day because I missed the first few days of the holiday. But I met Mick. Absolutely, he's probably my the best manager I've ever worked with for me personally. Um, I still speak to him now. He's brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, so he's I met still him. Got, spoke he's still got him. a lot to to offer football, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Him and Terry Connor were such a good and massive influence in my career. And then, so I met him. Obviously, knew I wanted to sign at, at Wolves. I, I flew back the same day. I went up to to Molyneux the following day. Had a little walk round, uh, sorted out everything, and um, I actually signed my contract with the club secretary Richard. Um, and I actually got a lift with him and his wife to the airport who were then on the same flight as me to Marbella. <laughs> and then it was so strange because I just signed for Wolves. I'm in the airport on my own with my bag going to meet my mates. And I keep spotting him as I walk around. So I don't want to go to the bar and have a drink or celebrate on my own. So I'm, I get to the end, get to the airport, get my bag and I sort of see him as I'm leaving. And he, him and his wife went one way and I went the other and, when I met my mates and two totally different holidays that a, happened afterwards. It, it was, a, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've just signed for Wolves and just gone and met my mates. who I'd missed for the first few days on a, on a, on a, a boys trip. And it was, it was amazing. You talk about so Mick you McCarthy. Said, you Sorry. said Mick McCarthy was your favorite manager. Who was the best player that you've played with in your whole career across all the teams that you've played for? <laughs> best player it's very that's such a difficult question because i've played with a lot of a lot of amazing players but they're all at sort of different stages of their career um you know i could say like james madison for instance at, at norwich but he was sort of a lot younger not not the player he is now 
Um, I played obviously with Joe Cole at, at West Ham, but he was more towards the end. Um, Dimitri Payet is probably the only one that I've played when he was sort of in his peak that first season mm. at West Ham. He, he was, was unreal, wasn't he? Was he? I mean, he's still one of my so, favourite players now. And Joel Cole was one of my heroes growing up. So I can't imagine what it was like playing with exactly, those. Exactly, exactly. Um, I've always got to give a great um, mention to, to Wes Houlihan as well. He was some some magician on the ball. Uh, but that, I, you know, if you're looking at as well at Wolves, I, I just had such, we just had such a great team. I wouldn't say there was any like standout player. As well, that's Stefan Meyerhofer. Yeah, do you know what? I still still speak to him now. Do you really? I still, yeah, I still message, I still message each other on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I still speak to him. Right. Hoff, what a guy! Uh, you mentioned about Mick McCarthy being like your your favourite manager. Did you ever get a proper dressing down from him? I think everyone has. You know, he he. The the biggest compliment I can give him is he was honest. You know, and as players, that's all you want. You know, if if you're playing, he would tell you you're playing and, and why you're playing. If you weren't, he would tell you you're not playing and this is why. And you can you can argue with him about it and he would like take your wherever you came on board, but he would say ultimately, you know, that's my decision. This is why you're not playing. Be ready to come on or or whatever. And and he was on the training pitch every day with us. It wasn't like he was inside for the first three days and then came out and did training. He was there every day. Um, and he just had that aura about him. That when he walked into a room, you were like, oh, "It's Mick." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it literally it good cop, bad cop with him and Terry. I wouldn't say he was bad cop though. Like he, he was great. I, like you, you see all the interviews and everything. He, he's just funny. I think yeah. I, his sense of humour, like the just, way he talks, it's just it, it made us laugh. And, and it was enjoyable. Um, and like you said, with with Terry, he was brilliant. You know, he, he took me out um, before, after training, every, you know, whenever we wanted, always wanting to improve players. And that's what he did. And that's what they both did to me. And then, I, you know, what more do I have? I had Tony Daly as the fitness coach as well. Like, it was just perfect for me to to improve as a player and adapt. And uh, they, they, they all three of them were instrumental in, in a part of that. Right, let's see if uh, Kim can get four out of four on the quiz. She's got two already. The next question is... I was on a roll. I've lost it now. Obviously, uh, Wolves' uh, wing pairing, obviously Matt Jarvis and Michael Carley on the wing were, were were enjoyed quite a lot by the Wolves fans during that period. But they came up against each other in the Premier League, Stoke versus West Ham in February 2013. What was the final score that day? This is West Ham. Uh, I reckon Stoke were good at that point. Two-nil Stoke. Two-nil Stoke. Do you remember, Matt, before I reveal no. the answer? No. I, <laughs> no, I just I, want to ask I you, what, did, did you enjoy that kit? Because I'm wearing that top right now and I do not enjoy the material of it. Uh, to be honest, uh, I did not care. Um, it, was <laughs> such a, it was such a... It was a you, know, you look at that time. photo, that's, that's iconic. It's brilliant. Um, Put it up yeah, again. The two of, us, uh, two of us holding that trophy was just awesome. Absolutely awesome. The correct answer was West Ham won one nil, oh. and the score oh. of that day was a player who was unfortunate. Jack Collison. Yeah, oh. got it. Yeah, yeah, one nil at yeah. the uh, the Britannia Stadium. I think it was. Uh, last yeah. question, and this is a bit of a difficult one. It's an audio commentary from a goal that Matt oh, Jarvis God. scored 
I've <laughs> put a noise over uh, a player's name being mentioned to make it a bit more harder. You've got to name the team that Matt Jarvis scored against from the audio being played now. Doyle. Jarvis to race onto this. He has to get his header right. He hasn't managed it. Jarvis is in. And Jarvis will score for Wolves. It's a difficult one. It's... Well, that- uh, must have been it. in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me. I'll, I'll play it one more time, Matt. It's um, you've got to press the button, and I missed it. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get it one more time for the for the listeners at home. It's from a, a match of the day, a piece of commentary. Matt scores the goal. You got to name the team that he scores against. Listen up carefully now. Doyle, Jarvis to race onto this. <laughs> he has to get his header right. He hasn't managed it. Jarvis is in, and Jarvis will score for Wolves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the uh, the video up on our Twitter page afterwards, and uh, for for the people who who can't remember it because it, it was one of those games that important <laughs> Do you have a guess? Game. It was such an important game. Uh, Wolves got the win that day. Matt gave it was us a the lead. Play. Yeah, think of uh, teams that we were fighting against relegation. Uh, Tim, uh, Kim, Tim Spears. I was thinking of then. Um. Was it in the? Were we in the Premier League at this point? Yeah, Matt, that was a match of the day. It was a team we're fighting against relegation against, and Matt put us in the lead in a, in a two-one win. That's oh. all I'll give you. God, I can't even remember Norwich. No, Matt, do you want to give her the answer? Do you want it? It's Burnley. It was Burnley. Tyron Mears was the name that I um, yeah. put some noise over. He tries to edit back to Brian Jensen, and Brian Jensen, who, if football fans out there can remember, wasn't the most uh, fast keeper about coming off his line, and Matt just knocks it around him and taps it in on the line. Uh, yeah, Wolves won 2 1 that day. Uh, anything you want to ask Matt before we go, Kim? I don't think so. I think you've pretty much grilled Matt, to be honest, Dan. <laughs> it's been a yeah, long one. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Thank you for coming on tonight, Matt, and everyone who's uh, tuned in, listened, commented. Um, hopefully we'll get you on again in the future. Thanks to everyone who keeps on supporting the Wolves fancast, uh, a part of the 90-minute network, supporting Wolverhampton Eats, the Sports Shop Kings Winford, and our... Uh, providers Pixel Yeti Media will be back after the West Ham game, hopefully with a podcast celebrating a win. Take care, everyone.